0: I sing praises to you Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall shall minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, you know the dreams, the aspirations. You know what's going on in the lives of everyone that's out there today, O Lord. So I pray that you'll minister to them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. I just want to start out by saying that uh, I want to share something personal uh, with you. Okay, It was on May 5th, 1980, May 5th, 1980, that I decided as an unsaved person to make a decision. And that was to ask Jesus Christ to step into my life to take control. A lot of things going on and I finally came to the realization that I, I can't fix what's happening in my life without the Lord. I needed him. And so on that day, I gave my life to the Lord. Amen. And at that point in time, according to scripture, it says that I was made the righteousness of God in Christ. And if you're born again believer, the same thing has happened to you. So with that, we want to go to scripture. And now's a good time to say that if you don't already have your Bible to go and grab one. Amen. And we want to go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, 17, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Okay, and it starts off by saying, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Reading from the NIV. The old is gone and the new is here. Okay? So if you're a born again believer, you're, you you you've been made a new a new creation. Your past, everything that you did in the past is gone. It's not seen by God anymore. And there's a new a new you. There's a new experience before you. All this is from God verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If you're a believer, you're a born again believer, then you're Christ. You're, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors. Uh, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin, meaning Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin. Jesus took our sins upon himself for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. so on that day in 1980, I accepted Jesus Christ and I was made the righteousness in God, righteousness of God. And the same thing applies to you if you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Colossians 1.13 says you were delivered from the power of darkness. The darkness that had been operating in your lives. OK. No more. You've been eliminated, re- delivered from that power of darkness. That was the case in my in, in, in my in my case. That was in my case. There was so much darkness going on in my life and had so many things happening, but at that point in time that I gave myself to the Lord that, that I was removed from the authority or the power of that darkness. The word power is literally translated as authority. You have been delivered from the power or authority of darkness, and you've been placed into God's kingdom. Darkness should be should not be allowed to exist in your life. Okay? It is from God, it is from God that we have been been given this blessing. And if we go to Matthew 28, verse 18, Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse 18, it reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. this is Jesus speaking this. If you have a red-letter Bible, you'll see these words written in red. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So first of all, understand that Jesus is with you right now. He's with you and he will be with us until the end of the age. OK, but here he says that all in verse 18, all authority heaven and earth was given to him. OK, and now if we go to Luke 10, 17. Go to Luke 10, 17. Luke 10, 17. And then he says it continues here and it says that the 72 returned with joy, these his his, his, uh, disciples, The, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven, as are your names. If you know the Lord, you accepted Jesus into your life, your name, your name is written in heaven. Okay. But I want to focus on what it says in verse number 19. It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Okay. So realize right here, realize what the word of God is is saying here, that he's giving you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Now, now these are metaphors for things that happen in our lives today. We have snakes and scorpions, if you will, going on in our lives in terms of the bad things that crop up. In terms of the things that are going on in your, in your job or at school or in your neighborhood or in your community or whatever, these are things that, that, that come up in all of our lives. But he has given us the, the he, he has set us free that we have the, the authority to trample on those things. In other words, we can't allow those things to happen and exist in our lives. Amen. We have the authority to trample and overcome the power of the enemy. Right. But we have to believe that. We have to know that. We have to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. We have to move it from where it's an intellectual belief and understanding to one where you know that you know that you know that this is a big spiritual truth. Amen. Amen. The power was given to you as part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. You have entered into this position of authority because you are in him. Understand that. And this is what I want to focus on today and for us to really come to believe and to understand. We need to move who we are in Christ Jesus and understand this authority, again, more from an intellectual discussion, one to where this is understood deep within our spirits and that we believe with all of our being what this means about this authority that God has given us, okay? If a cop doesn't understand his authority, I mean, he can stand there all day, you know, with a nice shiny badge on his jacket or on his shirt. And if he doesn't believe in that authority, he will stand there when he sees a crime being committed. He won't act because he doesn't believe and understand the authority that he has to stop that crime. Okay. but we've got to get to the point that we understand and believe that authority and the power of that authority that goes along with it. Okay. we have the power of God's word to exercise our authority. That's what that's what, what gives us that power. Okay? We have the power of God's word. And if we go to um, Mark 4 Mark 4 verse 35, Mark 4 Mark 4:35 4, and we're going to read and 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 I just want to say that this is one of the things that I love about the word of God. Amen. Now, we've been here to these scriptures last, I believe it was last message where it was talking about the, the calm after the storm. And God's word has a way that it, it's a living word. The Bible says that the word of God is alive, you know, and it's quick. Okay. It makes alive. Okay. And, and, and the word of God, you can read scriptures, you can read scriptures and holy spirit will reveal things to you what that what the, what the message that that scripture is conveying to you and then when you read it again the holy spirit will give you a, a, an additional message that is in that very same scripture that you just read okay now, there are many people that I'm sure have read the scripture that talks about, you know, it's, it's a well-known scripture where Jesus, you know, came up out of there and he spoke to the to the storm and it was a calm and so forth. And they read really, oh, that's a nice story, but they don't understand the deep spiritual significance of what it's meaning, what it's saying. OK, now, last sermon, I think I told you, as I said, you know, it was about about the calm that comes into our lives after a storm is there. How, you know, Jesus brings, brings us to the place of being in a calm. But here, Holy Spirit showed me another aspect of this, of these events concerning authority. And that's what I want to share with you here today. Amen. So we start reading here in verse number 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. As I said before, he didn't say let's get into the boat and maybe let's try. If we all get together and cross our fingers, you know, maybe we'll get to the other side. He said, "Let's go over the other side." So, in other words, in Jesus' mind, that was a done deal. Let's go to the other side. Period. Let's go to the other side. Okay? Then it continues here and says, "Leaving the crowd behind, leaving the crowd behind, they t- they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him." A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. The wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, as I said, Jesus spoke the words. Let's go over to the other side. That meant again, I say, Jesus had all intentions, believing that they were going to get from point A to point B. He said, let's go. There was enough power and authority in those words that Jesus spoke To accomplish the mission of getting to the other side. Now, the important thing here for us to notice is this. Jesus did not say, let's go over to the other side and then go and take command of the ship to see that his words were carried out. He didn't say, come on, let's go to the other side. And he did not all of a sudden start working on the sail. I don't know if they had sails or not, you know, working on the sails and tying off rope and stuff like that. He didn't go and take the uh, the tiller, the till back there and, and, and start steering the boat. He did not actively go to work himself and start saying, we're going to I'm going to make sure the ship gets to the other side. He delegated that responsibility over to the men in the boat. He said, let's go," because how do I know this? What did he do? He went to the back and went to sleep. So he said, okay, we're going to go to the other side. You guys go on, take it, and I'm going to sleep, okay? This is like us giving someone an assignment in the office or at school. And you say, yeah, this is what I want you to do. Go and do this, go and do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then you go on and you do whatever you have to do, okay? You see? see, so then what happened here is, is, is that he delegated that authority, but then all of a sudden when a challenge came up, when a challenge came up, They got afraid and they panicked and they went running to him. Jesus, Jesus, we're going to drown. So then he had to come and take control of the situation. He had given them the authority to get the ship, get the boat to the other side, but they didn't do it. So then Jesus had to come and take over the charge. He'd given that disciple, that authority to the disciples. Okay. right now, now, now when the storm came, it says, like I said, they they were filled with fear that the boat would sink. And then Jesus had to get up and then act on it, act on the authority that he had given them and take that authority back and do it himself. You see, and this is what we oftentimes do. Oftentimes, you know, instead of you leaving the authority with someone in your office or school or whatever, and you wind up because they're failing at it, they can't do it. Then you have to jump in yourself. And that is exactly the same thing. Amen. So what we need to do is to make sure that that authority rests and stays where it belongs. You have the power and the authority to take the word of God, the name of Jesus and the power of Holy Spirit to run Satan out of your affairs. He doesn't have to remain there. You've got the authority to kick him out. You have the authority to say to him, be gone. Whatever's popping up in your life, in, in the workplace, there are things going on, you have the authority to, to to speak destruction to those evil practices that are going on, that are maybe taking place. You have authority to bind it up. You have the authority there to plead the blood of Jesus over your entire office, over your entire classroom. You have the, you have the authority there to, to plead the blood of Jesus over your neighborhood, over your community. Amen? You've been giving... You've been given awesome authority and power in the name of Jesus. And by using the word of God and the power of Holy Spirit, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish in your life. Okay, the parallel here is, is, that, is that you have choices where you are concerned. You are the captain of your ship, so to speak. You, you have that authority where choices are concerned to, to, do, to do what you know the word of God wants you to do. You have control over your life, again, as far as, as as decisions are concerned, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Jesus has delegated power or authority over Satan to you as a believer. You've got authority over your mind. When something comes up in your life, instead of you believing your mind that all is going to fall apart here, that, that gee, I'm just going to drown drown in this, instead of believing your mind, you have the choice either believe your mind or believe the Holy Spirit that is in you. That is your choice. Many times, when things crop up in our lives, you know, we choose to follow our minds and to follow that fear. You know, you have the choice to not do that. You have the choice to take the authority over your mind and say that I'm going to drive this, whatever's going on. I'm going to give this the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seek Holy Spirit to bubble up in my spirit and tell me just what I should do, thereby affecting your body and what you actually do in this physical realm. But you have that authority. You have that authority. Ephesians 4, 27 says, neither give place to the devil. You are born of the spirit of God. One, you are filled with the spirit of God Two. And number three is that you've been given the word of God. Three, those three elements alone are enough for you to carry out your spiritual authority here in this earth. Those three alone, born of the spirit, you're filled with the spirit and you have been given the word of God, word of God. Okay. So those three elements alone is enough for you to to get along and to be victorious on this earth. You don't need any more power. You have all the power necessary. You have all the power necessary, but you simply have to believe this and exercise your authority. You've got to believe it. Again, I say this is Us moving, you know, from a theoretical understanding of what this is all about or what authority means and getting it deep down in our spirit where we can actually believe that, gee, I don't have to stand for this. I don't have to stand for what's going on. I can move forward. I've got the authority to do something about this. Jesus has already done everything necessary to secure the authority and power over sin, sickness, demons, and fear. Done everything necessary. You have to use the faith action to receive that authority and join forces with him in this earth. You are the one to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Everything that was needed to be done is done. You remember on the cross, what did Jesus say right before he gave up the ghost? It is finished. It is finished. God had a mission for him to come to this earth. God had a mission for him to come here and to preach the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had the, the mission to do that. He had the mission to go out and, and through wonderful, wonderful signs and wonders to heal the sick, you know, and do all sorts of miracles and everything and feeding the 5,000. I mean, he did everything God the Father wanted him to do. And lastly, going to the cross. And he had accomplished everything. At that point, he said, it is finished. So it means that he didn't have to do any other, any more work. Okay? And passing on that authority was one of those things. He said, okay, I've done this. Now you take the ball and you run with it. But you gotta believe that. You gotta believe it so that you can start acting on it. Don't take this authority thing again as something that is a philosophical discussion. All right. We see here that if we go to Mark 16, verse number 7, Mark 16. Verse number 17, sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Mark. 16, verse 17. Excuse me. Mm. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well and they will get well. After the uh, Lord had spoken them, he was taken up into heaven. Gee, <coughs> excuse me, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed His word by the signs that accompanied them. Amen. Okay. I want you to notice that who is who is to do all of these things here? It says to them that believe. Okay, to them that believe. These signs will accompany those who believe. So those who believe are you and I. Are you and I. We are the ones that shall indeed accompany these things. It says that the signs will follow the believers who act in faith and boldly speak in Jesus' name. They shall cast out devils. It says they shall cast out devils. That's you and I. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They, that's you and I. They shall lay hands on the sick and so on and so on. That's they. The believer is the one with the power and the authority to do these things. You have to believe that and act on it. Verse number 20 goes, basically verse number 20 is saying that the disciples went out and preached everywhere. That means that they obeyed. They went and did what Jesus told them to do. They went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. God will confirm his word, but first it has to be put forth. God will confirm his word, but first it has to be put forth. And that's where you and I come in. Okay. Now understand this. God does not preach. He's given us the authority to preach. God does not preach that in that other than was written in the word of God. Okay. Whatever, what, other than what's written in the word of God, you don't see God himself behind a pulpit. You don't see God anywhere on the airways, on TV or any place else preaching. He's he's given that to us. And just because you are not behind a pulpit in a uh, church does not mean that you are not to preach, quote unquote. Preaching is spreading the good news. It's spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means good news, gospel, good news. Amen. It means that, means that, 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 that as Holy Spirit so guides you. And send someone across your path that is in need of the word, that is in need of Jesus Christ, that is in word, in need of some encouragement, that is in need of some, some godly words, you know, across your path. That means that you should quote unquote, you should preach to them. You should minister to them. God said to go forth and preach the word. That's what we need to make sure that we're doing. And we shouldn't be shy about that. Holy Spirit will guide you when to speak. Holy Spirit will also guide you when to, when, when to hold your tongue but we should be willing to, to spread the good news. Just like they said, they obeyed, they went forth and they preached. And by him preaching and by you preaching, God will confirm his word through the things that you say. We have to though be ready to do that, okay? God will not physically lay hands on the sick. We will lay hands on the sick. God will bring about the healing, you know, and I get so turned off when, you know, over the many years I've heard people come back, you know, from, you know, healing uh, services or healing meetings or so forth like that, and where they've all gathered together, you know, and so forth, and they they come back and start. They they're glowing and everything. Yeah, I healed so and so and so and so. I laid hands on. There were fifty people that showed up at that service, you know, at that weekend weekend retreat, and I laid hands on. So and so many were healed. I I healed someone. You know, you, you're not doing the healing at all. God is the one that does the healing. God says to lay hands on them, but we lay hands on them in faith in the name of Jesus, and God does the healing. All right, so don't let yourself get puffed up. All right. We go forth and we follow the word, the word of God. He says that he, we are to go forth and lay hands on the sick, but God brings about the healing. But we have to do the laying on of the hands by, by faith, believing that God will indeed perform his word. You pray on your, over your children, by the way, when they're sick. All of my children and my grandchildren, when they get ill, you know, if I'm around when it first starts happening, my wife and I, will lay hands on them and pray for them. My children have been taught to do so for their children, their immediate children and so forth. Amen. But it's important that we understand what the word of God is telling us to do and that we act accordingly. You've got this awesome authority to stand against the devil. Get him out of, out of, out of your life. You have the power and the authority to take the word of God, the name of Jesus and the power of Holy spirit to run Satan out of your affairs, whatever he's doing, whatever he's got his, his ugly hands in, you know, in the name of Jesus, cast him out, take that authority over him. You are the one in authority. Take your responsibility and speak to Satan directly and stand your ground firmly. He will indeed flee. I guarantee you have a house, a key to your house. You don't hesitate before putting that key in your house, in the door, in the lock and going in because you have the authority to go enter into that house. You own that house. You're renting in in an apartment. It's the same thing. Okay, You, you have the legal right to be there. You have the legal authority to be there. Okay, you enter into that house or that apartment and someone is there that doesn't belong there. You certainly tell them to get out real quick. So you take your authority the same way you do with your house, your apartment, your car. Take that authority and kick that demon out of your life. That's bringing you havoc. You indeed have the authority and the power to do what God is calling you to do. Okay, again, so many times I, I, I've seen Christians that that kind of stand back and they they act shy, you know, and they say, "Oh, gee, so and so is happening, and, and 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 I just don't I just don't know what to do." It's easy to know what to do. All you've got to do is, first of all, start by a prayer. Holy Spirit, okay, show me, guide me. Where is it that I need to act in this particular case? This is going on. That's going on. I feel fear. I'm worried about this. I'm feeling distressed. I'm feeling depression. Lord, what should I do? What should I do? Holy Spirit will guide you, guide you exactly what to say and exactly what to do. The point is that you have to start believing that and acting in faith. You have to make sure that you understand that, uh, uh, you know, if your, your faith works when you start working your faith. But you've got to understand this authority that you have. Amen. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And all of the perks that comes along with that are very, very real. You know, so many times we just don't believe these things, you know, or, or we, we, we think that we, we understand the, um, you know, the biblical aspects of life, but we don't understand the spiritual aspects of what is written in the Bible. OK, and you, and you, you rest assured, too, that God is exactly who he says is God is just as much the God over the heathen as he is over the believer. Just because you don't believe in God does not mean that he does not exist you don't believe in gravity either maybe okay if you go jump off a building 50 foot building and see what happens to you amen amen god exists everything that god says is true and very very real amen so so just start by by just trying this you know change it, change your thinking around renew your mind as the word of god says turn your thinking around and start understanding the deep spiritual realities that are out there okay Take this, this thing that God has given you, this, this authority, and start, and start using it. Using it. Wear that authority like a badge on your chest and just say, I don't have to stand still for this. I don't have to be, you know, kicked around and put aside. We'll wake up in the morning and I'm feeling bad and I'm worried about this and I've got all of these things going on. You do not have to live a life of total misery like that where you're just uncertain where things are coming from and what's going to happen tomorrow, et cetera. Take authority that, take the authority that God has given it, given you and, and use it in your life. Bring it into your life. Bind up and rebuke those forces of darkness who would be trying to give you, give you a hard time. Amen. Amen. And again, I just want to repeat, the bottom line is that your faith works when you work your faith. And maybe it's time for you to take your faith off the shelf and start using it. Real faith. Real faith. Get beyond the fact that going to church for every once a week for two hours is all that there is to this Christian walk of yours. Go beyond that. Go beyond to understanding that there's a deep spiritual relationship uh, with God that is at work here in your life. And God wants to cultivate that spiritual relationship. He, he, he wants to grow it so you can start walking uh, uh, in, in miraculous ways where you see signs and wonders and things happening in your life. Where you start seeing all of a sudden all of the bad things that's all of a sudden disappearing and good things coming in. Amen. Now, as I said last week, Jesus said that we will have tribulations. Yes, indeed, tribulations will come up in this life. But if you can, can develop a, a, a walk with God and a thorough understanding of the authority that you have and who you are, you're his son or daughter. You're his child. And he's not going to have you to go wanting. He does not want you to go wanting. Amen. Amen. You're his child. Stand up and be bold and take that authority that God has so willingly given unto you. Take it now and receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And uh, um, if it it was, consider passing it on to someone else to get to us. We can reach that www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. And we're also on YouTube, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Uh, We have our apps Still, for Apple and Android devices, they can be found at the uh, respective uh, Play stores. And uh, these apps, both in video and in audio-only form, um, can be downloaded free of charge. We don't charge anything for all of this. We just want to make sure that the Word of God gets out, gets out to set the captives free. Amen, amen. So if you've been blessed by these messages, you know, pray about passing them on to someone else. Amen, amen. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and now as we close, we pray that we shall remember these words, take these words with us through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, O Lord God, and just remember and act on the authority that you've given us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, so Lord. You're an awesome God, you're a loving God, and we just praise you and thank you for all things, both great and small, in the mighty name of Jesus. We give it all to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pray forth. Pray, praise God. Praise God. Go forth. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to